Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am privileged now to be sat down, joined by the great, the wonderful Beth Nelson Chapman, two times Grammy nominator. God, she sold millions of records all over the place. She's a song singer-songwriter. She's awesome in her own way. She's got the beautiful songs out. Everything's gone crazy. Welcome again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't even know it was that good. That's amazing. <laughs> we, we, I, you know me. I always enjoy sitting down and catching up with you. And it's great to sit down with you right now and see new music, hear new music, and just see everything what's going on. And the thing what I love about you, Beth, you just you'll go away for a little bit and then boom, you're out again. And and it's like, wow, here we go. Where's this come from? Tell me about it. What's <laughs> going off and where that's come? Where's it come from? <laughs> It just comes from trying to survive everything, you know, the stuff of the good, the bad and the crazy. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's been a wild year. And this song has so much of that tumultuous, uh, this song back to this moment, my new single has this sort of tumultuous feeling of, you know, things just coming at you a million miles an hour. And uh, my favorite verse is the third verse, which, which says, uh, it was a Hail Mary, surefire, holy moly, what the hell, get me out of here kind of year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And we wrote this, I wrote it with May Earlywine, who is a really great artist from the Michigan area. And, and uh, you know, she was talking about how, you know, everything was great. And I was, there was this great relationship I had coming along and things happening. And then all of a sudden the pandemic, you know, and yeah. then bam, which is so relatable to everybody on earth pretty much to some degree or another. So we wrote it like in 2021. And I just felt compelled to put it out now, even though I'm a ways off from putting out my next album. But you know, this past December, I lost my husband, Bob, to uh, leukemia. And that was kind of, you know, something that still feels very surreal. And, um, you know, he was he was insistent that I not cancel everything. Just he said, you know, mm. what are you going to do? Sit around at home and cry. So you just get out there, do your thing. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, you'll fall apart sometimes and then you'll be fine. So he just had this vision that I wasn't going to stop working. And I didn't. I decided to try one show, which went really great. And so I've just kept moving. But the song is kind of what my life feels like right now. It's just this bam, 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 bam. You know, my, my house is in this sort of transitional upheaval of moving rooms around and accommodating. Mm -hmm. That's not his office anymore. And then I've got to do something with that room. So, and then I'm leaving town, coming and going. And it's just going by like, like a hurricane, you know, and uh, that longing in the song is like back to this moment. I'd like to just go back to before all this crazy stuff happened. You know, mm -hmm. let's just, can we just go back there for like an hour, you know? Mm -hmm. And I really think relatable subject, given what everybody else is also going through during this time in our history, you know, it's been nuts out there. It has, it has. <laughs> and following last year, you know, last time we spoke, you you dropped the album uh, Crazy Town and it hit number one, and I was smiling from you know from ear to ear because. You had some great songs on that album. And, and being a singer-songwriter, you know, are you somebody just packs them up from whenever and just drops them here? You know, have you got songs laying about from from way back? Because people will not know yeah. much about your story, and we'll dig deep into that. But, like, these singles, again, you just had them laying about, and then you thought, right, I'm going to drop this out. You, you don't have no worry about what you release no more, no? Yeah, you know, I have a backlog of hundreds of songs. Mm. It's crazy you know i mean i could do four albums of songs i haven't released that i that i really love and i feel strongly about so when i make a record it's really interesting how they kind of it forms itself and i just try to watch what it wants to do because otherwise i think i'd go crazy you know just trying to to keep up with it all um and and you know i just got back from england i was just in the um 
at the Chris Difford song songwriting retreat, which was so much fun. It's always brilliant. And he puts these writers together from all over the world. And, and I always get to meet like iconic writers that I would never have thought I'd ever get to meet like Graham Gouldman, you know, from 10 CC. And mm-hmm. I mean, there were some fantastic writers from LA this time. Um, there was just, it was an amazing thing. So I got like now, you know, from five days of writing, I've got like five or six new songs from that, you know, now it's like, well, just add it to the pile. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll just, you know, so certain times songs will just speak to me and that, you know, that is what gets my, um, gets my attention. And I just follow that because I couldn't possibly plan what, what I was going to do next. It's too, I'm too convoluted. My, my ADD would, knock me out of the park so mm. i've learned to just try to follow this one inner voice of it's a very quiet voice so i have to get quiet around it to mm-hmm. follow it which is not not easy to do mm-hmm. as you can tell but yeah i mean i i don't really ever have a plan i just watch to see what the plan wants to be when it grows up <laughs> i guess that's exciting though and what a different way to be an artist you haven't got the plan so you haven't got the pressure on your shoulders am i right by saying that yeah the only pressure i feel pretty much through my whole life is that there's never enough time. Mm. Time is going faster as I get older Mm. as what, and there's even, I've got a little video out that goes with the the single and it's me. I'm on a clock face and I'm going around and around and around. And, you know, part of, I think part of having ADD is also not being able to tell how much time something is going to take. So Mm. there's always this kind of, Oh, we're going to go now. Oh crap. I haven't finished that last thing. So that's been a real, you know, continuum in my life. Yeah. And since I can't change it, what I've learned to do is expect it. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, if you make plans, then there is the pressure of are you going to do the plan or are you not going to do the plan? And, you know, my husband, Bob, was the exact opposite of me, which, of course, that's what happens. People marry the exact opposite. He would always say, what time are we going to leave? And we're going to get back at this time. And he would be really be attached to that becoming the reality. And yeah. After a couple of years with me, is like, with you, there is no reality. Mm. I'm like, yes, there is a reality. It's right now. That's it's now. the reality. Mm-hmm. It made him crazy, but um, I can't change it. It's great. It's, it's my whole psyche, you know. And for, for, for people that don't know too much about you, you know, you've wrote, you've wrote some, some hits what I've sold millions over the years. What makes you want to keep songs and then obviously give them out to other people to share? You know, is there any reasons behind why you would, for example, give, we've spoke about this before, but people know this, but like when you gave Faith Hill that massive hit, you know, you had a reason why you wanted to give that. What's the reasons that you would do that and not keep them yourself? Well, the thing about me is I'm, I'm kind of like an independent artist mm. and I have sort of some areas where I'm better known than other areas. I had some early success in the early 90s. I've had pockets of, you know, things happening. And then the UK has been great to me. I mean, thanks to Terry Wogan and Bob Harris and um, a lot of the announcers at Radio 2 Mm -hmm. have been very supportive over the years. So it's kind of a hodgepodge of a thing. And here's Faith Hill, who's an international sort of thing on the way up. She just came off of a big, huge hit. She's 32. She's rock star status, gorgeous Mm -hmm. and talented. And it was like, just because she did it doesn't mean I couldn't do it. I put it on my album too. So it's not yeah. really giving it away. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that could happen is they have a huge hit on it. And then you've got to go all the way to your mailbox every day and get those darn checks and walk them back up the driveway. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Terrible thing, but somebody has to go through it. You know? 
So yeah, I don't. I, anybody who wants to record my songs, they are all available. Yeah. Because you never know. Also, Faithless is kind of a, an obvious shot, but there have been artists, you know, that are up and coming who nobody's heard of that cut a song, and then next thing you know, they're like a thing, and mm-hmm. then you know they've cut your song. So I don't count anybody out, you know. And and to me, I write them so that I want everyone to sing them and to record them. You know, it's I'm not lovely. I'm not at all territorial about it. I love it. I really do. And do you ever have that moment as an artist? Because, you know, people always say there's certain songs that take you back to a moment you remember something or it reminds you of something. Do you ever have that moment now with the songs that you've got and it, it gets a little bit too heavy on you and you do, you know, well up a little bit because the emotion are behind the songs. Are you that kind of songwriter that still attaches yourself so much to those memories through the songs? Well, the interesting thing is that this whole discussion just came up because I just taught a four-day workshop called Vocal Presence where I work with people on how to sing with the least amount of effort and mm-hmm. have the most beautiful part of their voice featured, which is your basically your speaking voice. And, you know, I was asked that question in class, like, how do I sing a song like Sand and Water, which I wrote after my first husband died, and it's become a song that's really kind of gone all over the world. And um, what I do is I get out of the way. I don't... I don't need to act out what the song is about. I, and if I start to feel emotional, I work on getting unemotional because I'd rather be the vehicle. I'd rather my voice be an instrument that's playing the song, not going, oh, you know, in in the delivery mm-hmm. of it. And then when you deliver a song that's very poignant with additional layers of drama or emotional stuff, what you do is you take away from the audience the opportunity to get what they need to get from the song. The song has the power in the song if it's well written. And when somebody sings it sort of stepping back and just letting it flow through them. I mean, Aretha Franklin was probably one of the greatest singers in the world, not because she had a fantastic range and she could go boodly, boodly, boodly with her voice, mm-hmm. but because she would always sing with this restraint. Even when she was kicking ass in a song, you know she had another 20 to 30% she could have given you, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the, and we sense that. We sense this is like, I'm comfortable. I'm not even in my hot spot here. And that is also something that pertains to the emotional delivery of a song. And so if it's particularly an emotional song, I try to sing it as plainly as possible. And that's when it becomes even more impactful for the person listening to it. I recently, one of the songs I wrote the last day of the, songwriting uh, retreat with Chris Difford recently was a song really I have not been able to really tap into the grief that I'm carrying around after losing my second husband Bob Mm -hmm. just this past December and um, it's been interesting I've been watching myself I'm like I even scheduled time to cry I'm like okay here I am you know let's Mm -hmm. do this and it just won't do it it grief wants to come through whenever it's meant to come through Mm-hmm. And a lot of my grief comes through songwriting as well. But so I'm sitting there with these two wonderful artists, Henry Grace and um, Chester. I'm going to forget his last name. Um, I'll send it to you now that I've screwed that up. Anyway, <laughs> Chester. Oh, his father's a very, very successful songwriter named. Anyway, I'm going to forget it. Um, but there, they were two young men and we were trying some different song ideas and then I started playing this thing on the piano and the song just came out really fast. And they were like, I was like, is this make any sense? And they're like, no, 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 this is good. Just follow. And I it was almost like, I didn't even know what I was saying. And mm. we wrote the song in about 20 minutes. And I just, then I fell apart. Like I'd never done that in a writing session before. And it was really about having to wait to cry mm-hmm. and 
bridge. It says, I'll wait for the tears too deep to cry. And that's my truth right now. I'm like, it's, I can't even get there, you know? And it just, I bottomed out and, and I had to sing it that night because <laughs> we performed the songs that night at a concert. And I was like, I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this song. And as a highly trained professional, I just told myself, you know, you can cry on this side of it and on that side of it. But when you go out there and you do that song for those people, you can tell the story, but you cannot lose your shit. <laughs> so I just, I did, I did it, you know, and everybody else was crying because you could feel yeah. the amount of, you know, wow. the, I could have really gone wow, nuts. Wow, I wow. just very proud. But I do think we have a responsibility not to overdo singing. Yeah. I, I want to get t-shirts made. Please do not over sing. No, no, <laughs> it's too much. great. That's a great thing. That's a great thing. And you've got another single coming out a little bit later in July, well, very soon, actually. Uh, and and the, you, you're in the roads in the UK in August as well. And yeah, it's again, you've got such a great audience what are following you around. Do you think that's just through the major airways? But it's just great, isn't it? You know what I mean? I just think it's fantastic. And I love being able to see those familiar faces and you know, now they're bringing their kids, probably in some cases bringing grandkids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been over there since the early 90s. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, and the second single is a song I didn't write, uh, which will tell you how much I love that song, because since I have so many songs I haven't put out that I have written. But it was written by Sarah Groves, and she's um, an amazing songwriter. And I heard about it through one of my musicians I work with, Ruth Trimble. She was playing it when we were rehearsing, like 2010. And I just fell in love with this song. And it's it's just the most elemental, elegant song I've ever heard about love. And it's all different. It's, a, it's not a love or uh, romantic necessarily, not limited to any kind of love. So it's very broad and just beautiful melody. And I just, we recorded it just as a, because I wanted to sing it. And then I I pulled it out and I thought, I'm going to put this out too. I'm going to do the old one-two punch, uh, mm -hmm. double-sided single. And uh it's interesting. A lot of artists are doing just one song or two songs at a time. So I thought I should be able to try that too, even though I'm from another school of thought usually. Uh, but again, I would think that these two songs would end up on my next record. So it's sort of like a super advanced single. Uh -huh. To the, <laughs> to the next record oh it's beautiful it's always great sitting down and talking to you and catching up and, and and hearing about this and i'm always blessed that you are sat down with me but i'm also so happy to see the response of your music when you drop it and it's great it puts a smile on my face <laughs> everything's on the social media it's on the web pages for people to check out and yeah. i can't wait to see the tour and i can't wait to see the singles dropping everything else around it it's been fantastic yeah, just sitting down fun. with you it always is great and just sitting sure. with you if you're in the London area on the 4th of August, we're going to have all these different songwriters from Chris Dipper's retreat. And maybe Chris will come out too. Oh, we're playing at Nell's on the 4th of August. So if you're, if you can get on, if you can get there, we'll put you on the guest list. Oh, Love bless to see you. you there. Bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, check everything out. It is the wonderful Beth Nilsson Chapman. Mm -hmm.